Welcome back to the Hi-Fi Podcast with Darren and Duncan. I'm Duncan. I'm Darren. And uh, today we're going to talk, uh, we've got actually kind of a broad topic uh, that we want to tackle, and uh, we've talked a bit about where we want to go with it, but uh, it's going to be a little a little freeform. But I think it's going to be a topic that's going to be interesting because of, well, you'll see. The topic is how to enjoy being an audiophile. Um, and there's kind of a, we, we might uh, separate this into two kind of parts. The second part being how to be a critical audiophile. So, so it's kind of a yin and a yang today. Um, and uh, we were talking about this because we've been doing so much work individually at our homes with our new speakers um, that are so neutral and uh, and Darren's specifically uh, responds so well to you know little adjustments, big adjustments in setup. He's got the Dunlavy uh, SC4A, and uh, it's kind of well known for needing perfect placement in a room. Um, but he's he was just telling me you were just telling me last night uh, last night you were moving by millimeters and and hearing differences. Mm-hmm. And this, there's a lot of effort that goes into getting it right. And, uh, and I think a ton of talk online about how to get it right, what to do, but not a lot about um, kind of advice as to how to sit back and enjoy it and stop. Yeah, exactly. So there's two <laughs> sides of this, of this hobby. There is a, there's a side where you know, we geek out and we focus on our systems and we want to analyze everything and we want to adjust everything down to, you know, the, just the, the fraction of, of an inch to get everything correct and to dial in the system correctly. Um, and then there's the music part and they're, uh, they're not exactly related and, and you have to, you know, work on that within yourself and to understand that there's there are times when, you know, you, you might want to critically listen to your system and, and maybe try to find problems. But being in that mindset all the time is is probably not going to make you happy. Dude, I mean, it, being... it's not going to lead to happiness. It's going to lead to you buying just more equipment and more equipment. Let me sell this piece. Let me buy this piece. Some people might enjoy that, but I know... Just personally, this is just my opinion and my preference, is that I'm into hi-fi to listen and enjoy music, and enjoy music with other people, too. you got to have a destination. This is a journey, and there needs to be a destination. You can't just have this be the uphill climb forever. I think there's... I think what fuels some of it is that some people think that there is a destination for them, that... They're going to get to some place that they're going to be just convinced all the time, no matter what they put on, no matter what mood they're in, no matter how bad of a day they had, that they're going to come home and they're never going to find one problem with their system. And I can tell you that's just not true. It's You're right. never going to get there. So you have to, there is a, a mental process of stepping back and saying that, wow, you know, I really accomplished a lot and it's time to just, you know, throw some tunes on and grab a beer and, and enjoy it. In a previous podcast, we were talking about 
uh, price point versus value and um, and explaining that at the beginning of your audiophile journey, when you're um, reaching up just beyond what you have right now or just beyond what you've heard before, it can blow your mind. And you bring in somebody who is further along that journey and has better gear and a better dialed-in system, they might say, oh, that's not so good. And we are talking about science and we're talking about adjustments and we're talking about building, but we're also talking about enjoying. And um, it's really important to know that for each of those guys, there is a place of enjoyment uh that you can have, you know? Yeah. And it's a unique, uh, they might have like a unique preference for a certain sound and well, and, it could be, you know, you, or it could be actually uh, demonstrably better. But, yeah. but I think the point is that it takes discipline to say, um, to, to, to sit back and, and try to find the enjoyment in that lesser system. Um, and understand that as you go on and experience you can you can kind of forget about what you thought was incredible before and consider that not incredible now and it's it's not that it's not incredible because there's so many levels to this that it is incredible from a certain perspective you know so um yeah, yeah. And I, another another thing that i and i don't know if anybody has this experience but what's common is you go over to a friend's house and they have a system they've been working on. And you listen to their system and you go, oh, man, like, you know, they're really, it's really happening for them. You know, why don't I have that? Well, you know, one factor is, okay, maybe they do have a better system than you. But another thing is that your, your mindset is different. Yeah. You're, you're not, you don't know of all the small little problems. You're not familiar with the room sound so you're not hearing the room as much because you're having a harder time separating the room from the music you're you're just viewing it from a less critical perspective and sometimes you can have some of the best musical experiences when you're actually over at your friend's house listening to their system because you're you don't have that same critical mindset you're having more fun than they are maybe yeah, because they're just thinking about, oh man, I got that you know room mode at at eighty hertz that's driving me nuts, and yeah. I got to do something about it. And I've been thinking about doing this. I've been thinking of that, but or then they, they also know, put in all the work to get it there. Yeah, and maybe it cost them more than they wanted. Maybe right. Maybe they they had something before that was ninety five percent there, but it cost a lot less, and they're upset that they had to pay this much to get. Mm-hmm. that extra five, you know eight two percent or whatever sure what uh there's something in in fishing i'm big into fly fishing as you know um huge actually i'm i'm addicted let's be honest <laughs> um there's something that goes on with social media and fly fishing where uh people will you know you'll look at your social media feed and if you're subscribed to a bunch of fishing people um all you see is giant fish and all you see is just these staggering trophies. And what you don't see are the hours and hours and days and days of nothing yeah. that, ha- that had to go into getting that fish. Yeah. And the other fish that were big, that broke off, that 
they were just crying on the banks of a river because they did something wrong. They put the wrong size, you know, line on. They didn't tie it right. I mean, I've been there. It's it's so you can get you can lose perspective when you when you go see the crowning achievement and you go to your friend's house and he puts on the one track that that it sounds incredible or or he's got this small playlist. So, you know, it's 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 a game of perspective. Enjoying this is. is about perspective. Yep. And it takes uh, time to learn how to, you know, view that, have that perspective of being able to step back and say that, you know what, I've come a long way and I'm really happy where I am and I'm happy with what I have and I'm just going to enjoy music. Um, and then, and then to be able also to switch that into the other mode of dealing with your problems. I mean, you know, you, you might have an 80 hertz mode in your room. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit there and, and worry about it so that you can't enjoy any music? Um, you know, enjoy the music. And when you get around to it, you know, do some tweaks to try to deal with that problem. You know, but, and that's um, the solutions is another element of this, I think, because and I'm glad that you bring up the upgrade process. I think a lot of people um, are stuck on the idea that you need to upgrade to something different. And uh, there's always things that you can do with what you have to improve it. Yes. And that stuff is a lot cheaper than trying to get the next highest model or a totally different brand and a totally different topology of, you know, component because of, you know, comments that you're, you're looking at online. And, um, well, a lot of people don't realize that just moving your speakers a few inches can make a massive difference. Unbelievable how important the room interaction is with speakers. Yeah. John Hunter proves that when he spends two hours with, with one track of music that in a, in a helper and he's moving it by an inch or two here and there. Mm -hmm. And when it's locked, we both, we've both heard it. We've both seen him, him do his thing, right? Heard the beginning, heard the end and never thought that the end result was possible. Mm -hmm. with what we heard from the beginning. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, yes. then, and then you also go and you, you say, those speakers are pretty close to where they were before. And it's like, no, they're, they're di in different places. <laughs> you know, like, um, but it works. Yeah. So, you know, uh, just to share a little bit of, uh, of my story, I, so I, I design equipment for PS audio and, uh, when I'm doing circuit design and I'm working on a component, whether it's like an amplifier or preamplifier, um, I'm I'm seeing this. This is this same issue exists for me, where mm. where I am trying to work on the circuit in a given system, and you know I have a hard time sometimes stepping back and seeing it for what it is. Mm, yeah. Right. You know, I, and, and I'm so caught into the details sometimes and I'm, yeah. I, I used to be worse about it where I just get so obsessed about, about some, something that's bothering me and maybe it's this in the circuit and maybe it's that, maybe it's this resistor type that I picked and I need to change it. When, um, when, when what I found is that if I continue down that road, once I have it to a certain point, I just start kind of chasing my tail. And it's the same thing with a with a system. It's that I'm not stepping back and and just enjoying it. Once I get it to a degree, and once I get it to a point where it's really communicating music, there is a mental 
block where you're you're constantly looking you're constantly looking for something wrong you probably need someone else to come in and say wow that's incredible and you're like well we do oh yeah yeah we we, we do do that we have a a ton of listeners including you get to hear a lot of designs oh i Um, love to hear your early uh, designs but you know what it it actually for me to fully enjoy like to fully enjoy and just forget about all the details of the circuit um it's usually a few months after i release it and i go over to somebody's house you know um for for a get together and they have some of my components in their system and i'm just like that isn't there anymore you know like what i was what i was worrying about isn't there anymore it's just communicating music yeah and um (laughs) and you know so so there, there's that that whole thing of just focusing on your system and being so obsessed with the small little details, the small little problems. It's the same thing. It's once you get it to a certain point and you're enjoying it, you know, it's really important to to be able to switch between the two modes. Of there are times when you can critically listen and you're searching for problems, identify those problems, try to fix those problems. Um, doesn't always mean throwing money at it. Um, but, but also like enjoy the music, enjoy it, enjoy it. It's an audio system. It's meant, it's meant for playing music. One of the things, uh, I enjoy about being, uh, audiophile buddies, uh, with you is that you're big on enjoying music. Like, like, I don't know too many people that know as much about audiophile file stuff as well first of all i don't know anybody that knows as much as you do but i don't know anybody that knows that much that is so quick to start dancing when it's like really good you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah and uh and that's so important just it's always so a constantly important. good reminder that that when you when it starts making you move you just you move yeah you know you don't have to have your head locked in the spot all the time no we always bring our our perspectives to things. I'm uh I play music and I record music. And so a lot of times I'm we're putting on a track and I'm listening from a engineer from a recording engineer perspective and I'm thinking about uh how it was mixed, how it was mastered, what outboard gear it went through, what kind of like saturations it has um the you know the i can you can kind of hear when eq touches are added um because there's on a really good system it's like a little bit of a diffusion from that like perfect image when the image is perfect you know it's been messed with very little bit uh very little and uh or you know I'm, i'm thinking about you know fade outs i'm thinking about you know i can hear when they when they pull down something to to probably um, cut short something that maybe the the artist kept going, but but it folds in better um, with the whole scheme of the music this way or whatever. And then I look over at you and you're dancing, and I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta stop it. <laughs> the music, I, I gotta cut this out. You gotta st- take a step back sometimes, and and um, and I don't want to like imply that. You know, nobody's doing that. I think there are a lot of people who who are more so on the music listening side than they are like in 
analyzing their system all the time. Yeah. But then I also know that there are people that that's all they do. Yeah. And, both, and they, for they sure. really are into music, but deep inside, they may not be enjoying this experience. I, I've heard, I've like read online in these forums. Sometimes guys like will post stuff and they're like, you know what, guys, I'm just, I'm just selling all my gear. Like, I'm not happy. It's not making me happy. Like, and, and I'm, I'm happy with just something in the corner playing music. And I'm just, I, I'm, I, I find myself obsessing about it. And, and I'm not happy. And I don't sleep at night because I'm thinking about all this money I spent. And I'm, I'm this problem and that problem. And this, this is the thing that I'm talking about is the mental block. It's these systems provide more resolution. They provide a closer experience to, to the, the actual performance itself or that's what we're trying to do um and uh it's really important to just take a step back and uh and enjoy it i had a so i work as a testing technician at uh the music room which is the world's largest um online reseller of high-end audio gear and uh we really do specialize in in the higher end of stuff um so the other day i was testing a pass labs int 25 um so it's their uh integrated amp that herb reichert um you know at, with some time with it he decided it was his solid state reference he's like a cool it's, guy it's fantastic yeah you know you know herb i don't know him personally but he's a cool guy i've met him a few times so i really respect his his i love his reviews i respect his opinion at the end he just says this is there, this is so musical. It's it's my solid state reference. Um, the guy who was selling that to us, and it was in flawless, perfect shape. His note on the on the the little you know uh, contract that we have uh, said, um, "I got a Sonos Connect system, and I'm getting out of Hi-Fi." Buy this for me, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like. Oh my God, guy, like I, I kind of get that. And, uh, it's a little sad because I mean, it was, it just sounded so good on my bench, you know, um, just really enjoying this amplifier, um, probably for some non, non musical reasons, but also for musical reasons, it made some of my, uh, some music sound really good. Um, I'm just having a kick out of it. And this guy was just like to heck with all this, this rat race. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm done with this. Like mm-hmm. I just need something that's that's easy that makes me happy because I'm mm-hmm. I want to think about music. Yeah, yeah. And, and for some reason, there is um, you go on like websites like Reddit, and it just seems so geary that you know arguing the, the message is that it's all about the gear, and the message is that it's yes. all about the specs, and the message is that sure. this manufacturer is ripping you off, and this one's ripping you off, and you should just go with this because the real guys that actually know something, who are like the recording engineers and blah blah blah, right? They're they're the ones that actually have the real gear and and gear 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 and this gear and this gear and this gear. The thing that they're forgetting is that. In order to make music, you need more than just that one piece of gear. You need more than the system to make music. You need you need the room to work with you. You need to understand setup. You need to understand room treatment. The whole thing comes together as one. You can't just talk about, 
gear, 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 gear. And then you can't sit in front of a system and think gear, 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 gear. Yeah. What's the point? You have well, to you have to be able to actually step back and 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 enjoy it. And I think it's just it's not that all those people are always thinking that. It's just that if you go and all you're doing to learn about audio is you're reading stuff like that, it's it's teaching you that all there is is the gear and and what yeah. matters is the gear. Yeah. And I think some people completely missing the point. Yeah. Yeah, well you can also get scare off some people who would be who who would really enjoy the end result. You know, it's it's just like a lot of passions though where at the beginning of it it's it's a lot of learning the how to and then toward when you when you get that as an intrinsic knowledge where you don't have to think about it. So when you and I set up a system, we do all those things. You mentioned like six things just now. But we do all those things. We think about the room. We think about the placement. We pull it out as much as we can. We we do this. We use good cables. We, um, you know, are spacing them out. We're making sure that they couple together, you know, uh, in in a certain way, but they don't interfere with each other. We're we're thinking about toe in. We're thinking about, um, you know, our listening position and whether or not there's a reflection behind it. Yeah. And, and how we're thinking about. Um, okay, I've got my library of really good recordings, and so I want to understand this when with with a good recording because you can set up a system where where a less than good recording sounds great, um, and then you put on a good recording and it's like confusing, and uh, and vice versa, and and it's good to remember that the really great recordings offer more, so so we want to tune our systems to that. So anyway. <clears throat> At this point in, in yours and my journey, we're so kind of um, used to this that we do that stuff without thinking of it as as a hill to climb. It's it's just it's almost a step that that we do as a as a process of of welcoming this new gear, new piece of gear in. Um, and so I think the, that that areas like Reddit represent people at the beginning of their journey. Where, where they're focused a lot on the steps and the gear because they've never been there before and it's not easy for them. Yeah, and, and some of them, again, we don't want to generalize across the board, but there's a lot of... I've spent some time on Reddit. Yeah, oh, I have too, and there's, there's a lot of that, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of why would you ever pay you know, $2,000 for an amp when you can buy this uh, one from China that, yeah. that has you know, negative you know, one... 20 dB distortion and blah, blah, blah. This is gear, 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 gear. That's not going to help you at all get closer. Um, Also, there's a lot of like the only placement stuff that's ever offered is like, is like when someone says, here's my new system. And then someone chimes in like your left speaker is two inches from the left wall, like move that. And, and there's no deeper instruction there. So it's really like, I've seen Reddit for years well, that's stay a of, in the same kind of like realm and, and yeah. not really like be added to by people who know. So anyway, this is a call also a... for, for audiophiles out there. Uh, pop into Reddit every now and then and, and toss some knowledge on some folks. Like, like they need it. Like, drop, drop some knowledge. Yeah, no, it, you it's know, a lot it's... of the blind leading the blind. And it I, is. It, it's we're not generalizing. A, yeah, sure, it is generalizing. I mean, because it's it's fine. you know it's not across um it's not across the board. I'm sure there's plenty of people that are in the right mindset. I, I think what my original my what I was originally saying was that 
if all you're doing is is reading on people talking about this spec for this money and blah 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 it's 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 just teaching you to be so gear minded and so gear trained that when you sit down and listen to your music you're gear minded and you're gear trained you're thinking of that as the destination maybe instead of instead of the destination being everything's just great and listen to musical your music. fulfillment musical fulfillment it's what we yeah. just we experienced it about 20 minutes ago or so what were you listening and to? um we were listening to well we were li- we were listening to uh you put on this chet baker album that kind of blew my mind it's incredible um, and i'm a, i'm a huge chet baker fan uh, i think we both are um but um you reminded me of uh just this amazing brilliant guitarist by the name of, of philip uh catherine philip catherine the belgian yes yeah and he is just he's a he's he's a genius he's a monster um and then um i'm not actually i wasn't familiar with the bassist, but he actually completely blew my mind and that seems his his name is is it is it jean louis is that his uh, name? Yeah, I think so. I'm pulling it up too. Um, so, so it's Crystal Bells is the album, and we're going to add this to a new section of our website, right? Yeah. So we're going to start to recommend uh, an album every episode, uh, and you can find usually these albums are going to be something you can find on you know Spotify, Title, Cobas. Um, so here's one. This one's actually on Cobas. I don't believe it's on Title. Um, uh, and it's called Crystal Bells by. The artists uh, are the artists are Chet Baker, Philip, Catherine, and Jean Louis. Jean Louis Rassenfoss. I don't. Know. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's cut off on my phone. That's Jean Louis Rassenfoss. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, butcher but. that one. But, but anyway, but. yeah, it's called Crystal Bells. Yeah. So it if you if you um, if you want to remember this album, just go to our website. It's going to be posted up there, and then you can listen to that album. And the um, website's relatively new, so let's remind folks thehifipodcast.net. Go go check it out. You can see latest podcasts, uh, yep. uh album recommendations. Uh um eventually I, I think I also want to do some perhaps some um we'll do some maybe analog recommendations too, some new records. For sure. You know, Once you get your and, your um, R set up. We're gonna um, get all that yeah. going. Um but uh but anyways, yeah, so we recommend that that album. Jean-Louis kind of blew my mind. He did. He's incredible. Um, like, absolutely incredible. The bass player. Uh, bass work. And, you know, when you have, a, it, just like a drummer, when you have a really great drummer or really good bassist, in this case, on this album, there isn't any percussion. So I think that Jean-Louis was kind of like playing the role of laying the foundation and yeah. allowing all the other players to just feel so relaxed and playing within that structure. Oh my goodness, absolutely. It's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, and and very colorful in his way of doing it too. And um the rune notes, you know, calls it impressionistic playing where he's 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 doing everything. He's got all the structure there, but he's always he's also hinting at um things outside, going outside a little bit. So He's allowing Chet and uh, Philip to to both actually all three of them are doing this where they're 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 all staying in and venturing out just a little bit but but as this cohesive group and it's it's musically it's incredible. Your remark was it's so rare to have music this good also sound this good. Yeah, I'm I'm I made a comment recently on um, the PS Audio YouTube channel. 
Uh, I said something on the order of uh, a lot of good music isn't recorded well. Poking yeah. fun at yeah, yeah. Stuff, it's a little yeah, tongue in cheek, but it's but, but it's, it's um. But you know the it's it has some merit in that a lot of great music just wasn't and isn't recorded very well. Those yeah. artists are, and we've had direct experience with this. The artists, some of the geniuses, they're just so focused on the music themselves that they're 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 not really into the production side. There's a very few no. artists that are also really into production. Very few, but but the yeah. some of the really crazy geniuses, they're just. They're just doing their thing, and they're hiring yeah. people to to take care of it. Yeah, and not not always is that kind of in the light that it should be. You know, so it, musicians are people too, and uh, and they, they kind of approach this differently. But I've seen just in my experience with recordings, uh, a lot are just like that, where they're just so focused on their mm-hmm. music that they come and come in contact with different production types of of uh, different types of production different different ways to display their sound so you listen to their discography and kind of each one sounds a little different yeah um then you have guys like pat metheny who are the as an employer of of a band and and of of the pat metheny kind of world pat is very loyal so all of his albums are like mastered by the same people, like recorded by the same people. He has the same guys like playing with him for many years across many albums. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's kind of a personality trait of his where he's, he's just like, he's, he's loyal to, to people like he's, um, and kind of doing it that way. Um, I think of John Mayer kind of similarly, like he's not every album looking for net the next hot producer or the next hot recording studio you can tell with john that he's involved in some of the production yeah and these are guys that are involved that. and then and then jacob collier then it and comes then you jacob have collier where jacob. it's like the 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 production is him too you know it's, like you can he tell does he's everything yeah and he's so broad that that he will put out four albums that all sound different because he wanted them to sound different because the compositions are different yeah, and he groups his compositions in these four different moods, and then he does it that way. Like he's, he's such he, a genius. He's he's um, beyond. We're gonna end something. up recommending. We're not gonna do it this week because we can't burn through all of them. Uh, we no. have endless albums though. But but um but we're gonna recommend a, a Jacob album in the in the oh, near yeah. future. We're gonna so, go uh, with. We're gonna talk more about Jacob in the future. Oh yeah, he's a he's just a. I would look him up on on YouTube. Just get an idea. See him play. Um, and and just how genius he is he is his you kind of have to see him first because he has this aura about him yeah you know like a unique a very unique it like uh, of a a unique intelligence even even just the way he dresses the way he moves the way he yeah you know and that translates into his music which is just this like this like such a colorful complexity in his in his chord progressions and yeah. and and how he writes music composes music. and then you'll see him in front of thousands of people and he'll get off his piano and he'll go to the edge of the stage and and do this kind of choral thing where he splits the groups the people into groups and has them sing harmony because he wants people to feel what it feels like to sing in harmony because it's a special feeling and he's just a magical person it's he is. as like a 
you know, 24 year old or something. It's just unbelievable that he, he's doing his thing. But, um, and in, you know, the musician's perspective is interesting in this discussion of enjoying music, um, or enjoying being an audiophile. Um, musicians love sound, so they can be called audiophiles, but it's, it's also that musicians can't be called audiophiles. So many musicians I know don't have, they listen on earbuds or they're listening in their car. Yeah, some of them. And then I've and sent mixes some, to guys. Some of them are huge audiophiles. And, you know, and occasionally when they're turned on to it, mm-hmm. they're, they're, oh, wow, you know, like this exists. I can, this is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of mastering studios have great setups. So um, a good amount of musicians can come in contact with a really good setup. But then walking into the glitz and glamour of a mastering uh, control room where you're just looking at all of the knobs and all of the gear and the gear, 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 and the, and, the, and the speakers and all the diffusion and stuff, they might think this is the only way that you can get sound like this. Yeah. I, like, you I know, can't have this in my house, you know. Yeah, like a, a recent story was, um, I'm not going to mention artists' names just for... Um, just uh, uh just as respect for uh for Gus but um there was a recent story that Gus Guinness told me about having some uh they were you know uh famous musicians in his in his room in his mastering studio at PS Audio and um and they it was just blown away just absolutely blown away just was just like this is the this is the best system I've ever heard in my life Gus like this is absolutely incredible and um and you know that for a mastering engineer, that's a really important thing because you want to show that, okay, you have a really great system to see through on the recording and the work that you're going to do for them. So yeah. this is the artists that appreciate that will hear these systems and say that, oh, you're hired. I, I like want you, if you can make my music sound like this on this system, I know I'm gold. And so actually he invited Gus to... Um, the backstage at Red Rocks that night because they were like the featured band at Red Rocks that mm. night, and uh, and this guy was going off on the rest of the band saying uh, you wouldn't believe the system at PS Audio. It's the best system ever that I've ever heard in my life, and yeah. they're just like, wow, we've got to go check that out too. Yeah. And so the musicians can be moved, and they understand yes. when they hear really great systems yeah. that are that are really resolving but also musical that's the other thing yeah. musicians are going to be sensitive to the musical aspect yes they're not going to be into necessarily something that's overly clinical and dry and anemic they're going to be into something that has that real life uh uh emotional movement capability and uh, i will say that gus's system it, even though it's a mastering system it has that ability as it has that aspect to mm. it. And so, yeah, I touched this. Um, I mean, absolutely hands down and a uh, very famous basis. And then he took Gus backstage to the, the concert and he was telling, uh, telling the rest of the band and they were all freaking out. Um, so that's a great, it's great stories. And, um, and just another example of how uh, having great systems can, can influence people. But yet, yeah, Musicians can be audiophiles, too. A lot of times they're not, though. But. You know, uh, as a musician, maybe we should uh, wrap up this section of the thing and move on to the, the second part of this, but um, just a parting thought from me. Um, as a musician, there is a tendency to think about 
music from the musician's perspective when you're listening. And this can pull you away from, from the music as a whole as well. Is it, it can be enjoyable if you're listening to a really good player. Um, but you know, getting into a recording and someone sits you down in front of a great system and you're a musician, um, and say you're a guitarist. Um, and it's got, say you, you, play this crystal bells album that we were just playing you're only listening to philip catherine you're thinking about his his fingerings you're you're you can hear when he's playing down on the neck and up on the neck so you're thinking about what position he's playing these chords in because it affects the tonal character of things but it also allows him to reach other things that are near that position and um you're thinking about how tight is he like keeping his his like how well is he muting like wow his picking is really good right now um this is not uh the the opposite of enjoyment this is enjoyment so you know perspective um we bring our perspectives to this game but i think our message with with the beginning part of this podcast is that if if your whole um, if you're bringing some frustration or you're bringing your to, an overly analytical perspective and you're missing great music and an opportunity to kind of sink into it and dance and move, um, yep. you know, just, just think again. Think a little bit more about that. And that your original education on the internet, if, if that's your only exposure to, to getting into high-end gear is, you know, um, or are websites that uh, are about the gear, 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 that then you build a system that's about the gear, 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 and then you listen in the mindset of gear, 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 and then you're not happy and you wonder why. It's because you're chasing the wrong thing. Yeah, You You need a balance of all of it, but you have to also remember going into it that it's really about listening to the music and, and not the system... You're not listening to the system. That's not the point. The listens the, the point is to listen to the music. Right. You're not listening to the recording. No. No. You're, you're not listening to the recording. You're not. You don't want to. That's right. You want to listen to, to listen the music. To the, the music. The the mastering engineer needs to listen to the recording. Yeah. But you 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 should be focused on the music and what the music how that affects you. All right, so moving on to this second part, let's let's like switch gears completely because it's it's a it's a skill to be able to walk into in front of a system um and and point out all the things that are that can be improved. Um it's a skill that you learn over time from exposure to both the problems and um, the solutions and, and having been a part of getting to the, 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 um, the solutions. Um, or like find, finding, finding solutions to resolve the problems that you. Yeah. You I always, I always take a parallel right. when I'm, when I'm talking with my mixing engineer background and, and mastering background in that my EQ work over the years um, with bands taught me more about the frequency spectrum and about how uh, frequencies interact with actual music 
than I could have ever learned from a book or from anything else. Um, I always found that, that when I would, so, uh, I ran this recording studio that was, uh, one of these live sessions studios. And so, um, what I was doing was mixing live to two tracks, uh, every single time. So I was not multi-tracking, um, for a reason, basically for many reasons. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is this is a very difficult thing to do. So, you know, I got good at, um, making these decisions quickly, getting a, getting a sound frequency balance that I liked to begin with preventing mistakes that I, that I could see that I had learned, you know, like, um, I don't know, not, not carving out space in the bass for the kick drum to live, like for the, you know, in the actual bass player's instrument, I, I, I learned to carve out a little bit of space so that this kick drum would kind of show through, you know, um, Mm -hmm. because they overlap in frequencies. But what I ended up with was two tracks that I had to, kind of make perfect at the end or make as good as I can. And I noticed that if I, if I pulled this one string, if I moved the EQ dial on one area, it would affect a different area. And, and it's amazing how interconnected, uh, all these frequencies are and how many different frequencies are touched by individual instruments that you wouldn't really realize. Yeah. Well, I mean, the instruments are, are not just Prized of the fundamentals, the instruments harmonics. are the instruments because of the harmonics, yep. and um, and our ear ears are very sensitive to the harmonic profiles of of instruments. That's how exactly. we we know that a piano A four forty note is different than you know a saxophone playing you know four hundred and forty hertz. Right. It's it's it is the fundamental the same? Absolutely, it's the same frequency. But the harmonics associated with that, with with that uh, uh, fundamental, are different, and our ear instantly picks up on it. I mean, Isn't that amazing, just an incredible. And we say we we always say ear, right? I always say right. ear. It's your brain. brain. It's your brain. Your brain, man. Because if you had never heard violins before in person, it wouldn't. You wouldn't pick that up. You'd have kind of like a, you'd be in this discovery range of like, oh, that's a violin instead of that doesn't sound like a violin because I've been in front of many violins, you know, and, and that thing is lacking something. Yeah. Um, so it's an experience. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's basically the message we're going to come away with is training your brain to, to recognize the harmonic structure of instruments is how you can be critical about sound. Yeah. Right. And then a lot of, but a lot of people want to know, you know, like, how do I, how do I get there? And what are like, sure. You know, how, how can I start to make some proper decisions as far as purchasing gear to, to be able to, to get there. And, and, uh, that topic itself, it's not like you and I can, you know, spend the next, you know, 15 minutes talking about that and really lay that out. It, it's, it is a complex uh, a problem. Um, and, and everybody has a different opinion. If you go to, you know, everybody that talks about it on the internet, it's all different approach of how to, how to get there. There's yeah. so many ways of getting there and it's, it, it can be difficult. You know, it really can. Um, I, I'm just blessed. I've gotten a great experience in education. My dad is a, 
uh, symphonic director and a choral director, and he has been my whole life. And growing up, when I was, you know, 11, I was um, backstage, you know, just helping, and uh, I, was, I was behind the mixing board running sound for some of his, his large productions, and he would hire, you know, 100 um, uh, instrument players and have a choral section of 100 people and do these giant, you know, classical productions. And so, um, and then through my recording studio, I had 150 different bands that just came to me and I was in the room placing these microphones. So I've, I've heard, you know, hundreds of drum sets, uh, in person, I've heard hundreds of different guitar, you know, guitars going through pedals, going through amps. And I've heard the combinations and I, and I'm, and I play music. So See, I don't think a lot of people have. People don't have that kind of access. Um, it, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate in, in a sense that you know you, you don't always force yourself to go to a classical concert or you know, and and here we are speaking in the days of COVID. So I understand those kind of uh, those kind of back. opportunities aren't the same as they were They'll a year back. ago. Uh, you know, they will be back, but but the but going and hearing. L- acoustic music whether it's a yeah you know a jazz club with unamplified uh musicians uh, or mostly unamplified um in a, a classical concert where there's absolutely no amplification um will give you a better sense of of what we want out of our systems going to um you know going to an amphitheater and and hearing a really loud rock band can be fun uh, but it's not what we actually want to reproduce on our systems. It what you're hearing is uh, is a really high distortion, yeah. uh, something that's all about um, sound pressure level. You're hearing a system, not instruments, and you're, you're hearing, hearing compromises system. Yeah, yeah, because of the staggering needs of that yeah. kind of like physics yeah. of, of that situation. You should yeah. still go to those concerts because it's awesome. Bring your but, plugs. <laughs> but wear ear protection. <laughs> this is not something to... And I wonder how many people are basing their systems around what they've heard at at uh at you know the the gorge or or at at red rocks you know yeah. like how many people are literally that's their reference to making a good audio system is that sound right you know and and you might say oh that sounds kind of but that sounds kind of snobby it's like well i mean no it's not because that that is not really what we're after we're after something that's really low distortion yeah and and when you hear that same music played back even the live shows of those uh, that are directly off the soundboard through a really good hi-fi system you start noticing really what it's about and i mean you know even old live recordings like old dead recordings can be absolutely magical yeah on on a good audio system yeah well it it does come down to the the physics of the situation at the recording place so if it's so loud and they need so much monitoring and the monitoring it has a lot of interference they will put gates on stuff so this is this is an electrical you know thing that you can do which which immediately after sound is made at, at a certain level it shuts that microphone off and then the microphone's reactivated when more sound is made so this made popular with drums in the in the 80s but it's it's basically to deal with all of the feedback uh, problems that exist in live sound and stuff like that. So anyway, 
you're listening to a violin at Red Rocks. You're actually listening to the, the microphone pickup on the violin. You're not listening to a violin. If, if someone has an acoustic guitar, you're hearing that acoustic guitar's internal pickup, and you're not hearing the acoustic guitar. So it's, it really is important to um, hear unamplified stuff. Uh, go to your, your guitar player friend's house and, and just listen closely. There's a big difference between listening from the audience at a distance and coming up next to an instrument. Um, and this is something that musicians know really well. Actually, probably why musicians really respond really well to great systems and great resp- recordings is if you capture what it sounds like to be next to that instrument. Yes. Then it's it's it evokes then this a, kind of then it's <gasps> a good then it's a good system exactly. And you know we usually kind of wrap these things up with some stories. And I um I just want to share one of my stories with uh I was on um it, uh, it must have been about uh 10 years ago or so but I was on a, a trip to uh Manhattan and I was in Manhattan and and I had some free time and I was very curious about going around to some um some dealers to listen to some systems and and um at the time I had never even been to an audio show actually ever so there were a lot of stuff that I had never heard. I had never heard, you know, a half a million dollar system and I had never heard, you know, the big Mac systems and, and all this. And so, um, and, uh, and I had my, my friend with me and, um, and so we were, uh, we went to this, this Mac store that was selling, uh, uh, some Mac gear and listened to that. And it was like, Oh, cool. Like that's some pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, on the way to the next dealer, which was um, a dealer that had a uh, Wilson Alexandria setup, mm. whoa, um, with uh, with Lamb ML3s with the GM70s and everything. All right, all you know, right. it's like pretty solid, right. pretty solid setup. You got me interested here. Uh, on the way there, uh, we passed um, the Cathedral of um saint john the the divine okay right which uh which has one of the largest pipe organs in manhattan yep um and i believe it ranks in the top in the states it's not the largest but it's it's up there Um, the kind of linear decay is is legendary i think in that cathedral as well yeah and so we stopped we stopped in there and well it happens being that they were they were blasting the pipe organ and, nice. uh, and I had heard, you know, I've heard like, I had heard pipe organs before, uh, this changed my life. Yeah. Um, it really did because yeah. I, huh. uh, I had never heard something like that before. Uh, it was just the, how the, the, how low distortion and how authoritative yeah. the lower frequencies are and, and just the. The, the grand the grandioseness of this instrument yeah and 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 i was just captivated there's it's so like, much energy but so, it's not hurting your ears or anything it's just literally oh like god and then they stop you. and then they stop and it's just this huge decay right 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 and it's just the most beautiful thing and and i'm just i'm fascinated to this day that pipe organ is my favorite instrument mm-hmm. and i used to in um in, in montreal when i i used to live in montreal um, 
I used to go to the um, the oratory, and uh, for the every Sunday they used to have a pipe organ concert, and uh, and I used to go. I, I'd be there before it even starts, you know, and and uh, and be ready for it, and and just close my eyes the whole time, and just ah, just breathe, like mm. oh my god. This is absolutely incredible, you Man. know, to, to experience that kind of stuff. So, so anyways, yeah. we go to the, <laughs> we go to the Wilson Alexandria showroom and the guy's like, amazing, right? And we're, and we're both like, yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's like, it's half a million dollar system, but you know, it's like, it's, it's okay. It's like, yeah. huh? It's like, yeah, we just came from uh, St. John the Divine. He's like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, you know, again, it's that yep. perspective of of just um of understanding what live music is like and the fact that uh we're not even really I mean to to reproducing something like how St. John the Divine sounds, we're not even close. I mean, we're not even remotely close to reproducing that kind of sound. You and, don't have uh, the environment. No one has a listening room that that's, that's that large. <laughs> That has or, that or the kind 64 of, foot stops and stuff. Yeah. Know, like, <laughs> or, or, or like the, the, you know, rows of pews to be diffusing this, the thing. And I've never thought about that. I mean, every element of those cathedrals used to be geared toward sound, you know, That's because fascinating. it's unamplified. Yeah. So you're trying to get sound to people, but it's also, there is a, a, a visceral, overwhelming feeling that happens when you're taken over by sound that's so large and different from everything else you hear in life Mm -hmm. that it puts people in this state of reverence and that was kind of it's an intentional thing for the religious you know feeling you know and experience so yeah well that yeah anyways that was just one of my experiences of of uh, being touched by live music and and since then i've been at um probably over yeah, you know, I mean, just too many to count of, of live classical concerts, and I do credit that to training my ear to what, you know, what a system should sound like, um, and if it plays that stuff really, really, really well, um, it's probably going to play a lot of other music really, really well yeah, too, because right. it's just so challenging. You have dynamic range, you have. Um, sound staging capabilities of being able to locate the different sections of the orchestra, um, which is, which is interesting because the, an orchestra isn't exactly pinpoint imaging, right? Like you never really get that. It's like a section section of, of diff. Yeah. It's a little diffuse, right? It's not going to be one image of one guitar or or violin. It's pretty good at like kind of representing this larger image, yeah, that, that there is this larger image, and within that image, there are different there are sections. individual pins, pins of of detail mm-hmm. in that. So you hear that the oh, that's there's twenty violin players in that section, and they're exactly where I think they're going to be, front of stage to the left, you know, yep, uh, etc. And then the depth of like the woodwinds being behind, yep, and the horns over the... there, and the timpani over there, and the double basses. So, anyways. All right, just, well, I, well, hang on. I have some stuff. All right, all right. Two, all right, two quick ones. First of all, um, when I was a kid, we had a uh, we have this Steinway piano in my house, and my dad, like I said, was a um, he's a composer and conductor, and um, he's uh, Doctor Taylor. He's actually a um, professor now. But he, uh, th- when I was a kid and misbehaved, Time Out was be- underneath my piano. Oh wow. Which was an interesting place to be. 
um, it, and I, I, one of my early auditory memories was hanging out there for a certain period of time while my dad's playing and listening underneath the soundboard of a really nice uh, piano. And it was a certain kind of, oh, it was a Baldwin. Sorry, it wasn't a Steinway, it was a Baldwin. And and the thing I loved about our Baldwin is that it wasn't bright. It's it's not it's it's articulate, but it's not a bright thing. It's more of a it's got this great bloomy bloomy mid range and mid bass that is just sumptuous. And it's it actually maybe informs what I love about some audio right now. But I just I can go back there in my mind right now and hear the interesting perspective of a piano listened to from underneath. Um, so hmm. it's kind of an interesting auditory thing. But uh, again, I'm talking about being next to an instrument. My last one is the double bass. When you are within... Bass, bass it can explode off of instruments that create it. And you very often are listening to what the room is doing to the bass not listening to the actual in- instrument producing it. And there aren't a lot of instruments that produce it, and they're mostly called bass. So I'm talking about a stand-up double bass. Um, I've done a lot of recordings where the guy is warming up and I'm moving a microphone around with a set of ear- headphones and listening for a really good spot to have it. Or I am have, I have no headphones on and I'm moving a mic around. If you got to get yourself to a position where you can be within two to three feet of a double bass when someone's playing it, and when someone is bowing a double bass and you're right next to it, it's an otherworldly sonic event. And you have to hear that. You have to hear that to, to be good at this game of, of determining what's missing of the system and how can I improve it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's staggering. It's eye-popping. The, the kind of energy and the kind of transience and the kind of connectivity between high frequency and low frequency when you're when you're there so yeah there's some recordings that really capture what you're what you're describing on the yeah. bass really really well yeah and, and that's uh, what, what was that's what that what album need. that um that that uh, Gus worked on uh, with um, Edgar Meyer and it's the oh, Appalachian the box, no it's the, uh, the the box suites uh, no it's actually the the um, Appalachian album. Do you know that one? Oh, the one with Chris Tilly? Thiele? No. No, it's uh, Appalachian... Um... Let's look it up. Well, I know that he did Edgar Meyer's um, uh, Bach cello suites. I know that for sure. Because um, he was telling us about it. Um, Appalachian Spring? Let's see. Um... So this album uh, that Gus actually worked on called Appalachian Journey. Oh, you found it. Okay. Yes. Um, and there is a song on that. Oh, yeah. It's Yo-Yo Ma, Edgar Meyer, um, and, uh, and, and, and Gus Guinness worked, worked with them on this as well. Mm. Um, uh, but anyways, uh, listen to that album. There's some great... I mean, Edgar Meyer's... Um, the way that Edgar Meyer's bass is mic'd is absolutely... Um, outstanding on that one, and it's that one that kind of uh, captures like when he bows, and you get that you you get that residence, and you get that you feel the bow pull the bass string. Yeah, yeah, 
and, and, the, and, and the you string feel the air pull, move and the that. string pulling back yeah. against the, the the bow. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, they they I got don't that. Do this. They got that on that album. So I'm sorry to, to recommend another album, but Appalachian Journey by Yo Yo, Yo Ma and Edgar Meyer. It's absolutely fantastic. Good one. But um, all right. Well, that well, was that was thinking of a pretty good discussion. Um, hopefully, it, we covered some good sides of this kind of out there topic. But yep. Anyways, uh, enjoy. An it, you know, uh, focus on the music. Enjoy your systems. Work on your systems, but know how to um, just you know step back and enjoy the music. That's right. All right. Until next time. I'm Darren. I'm Duncan. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. The Hi-Fi Podcast with Darren and Duncan is produced by Darren Myers and Duncan Taylor and is copyright 2020 of Slope Productions. The intro and outro music is provided by Denver's Color Red Studios and features the song Bangs by the band Many Colors. <laughs>